Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. It's good to be back and to continue to dive deep into our new news series. Just as a recap, uh, we began last week a series entitled How to Engage Media as a Christian. And in this series, we're going to be looking at all different types of media. We're going to be looking at um, uh, TV, movies, uh, music, social media, news, uh, books, uh, all the different ways that uh, culture communicates its values and worldview to us and how we as Christians uh, can engage in it without just checking our mind at the door and just consuming it. Uh, or uh, the other side of it, um, pushing it away and treating it as though it's all bad and evil and against Scripture, because that's not true either. And so trying to navigate uh, all this uh, cultural, um, uh, all these cultural elements in a biblical Christ-honoring way. And so uh, we started off last week looking at what discernment is, and we saw that, uh, yes, discernment is looking at the facts, looking at um, uh, what's true and thinking through things, but it's also a spiritual gift that God gives us. And a part of that spiritual gift is uh, God's Word, and through the Holy Spirit, coming to God's Word, seeking to understand it and apply it to our daily life. And last week, we began looking at five words of wisdom regarding regarding media. And we didn't get to all of it, so uh, this week is kind of a continuation of those five words. And hopefully, uh, through our time here this week, we'll be able to finish that up and then move along, because there's uh, quite a bit to uh, get through in this series. I don't want to rush it, but I also want to um, make sure we do it in a timely fashion. So again, just as a recap, what we've covered so far, we saw uh, the first word of wisdom as it regards media is that not all secular media is bad. There are segments of uh, the Christian um, uh, culture that sees all media that's not Christian and biblically uh, overtly biblically um, focused is bad and should be avoided, should be abstained from. In previous generations, that included things like dancing, playing cars, even going to movie theaters and things like that. Uh, in today's generation, there are still segments of the Christian uh, culture that sees um, certain movies as bad, certain books as bad, certain music as bad. And again, we're not going to go into all the detail that we did last week. If you didn't catch that, again, go back and, and, and watch or listen uh, to that segment of this particular teaching. But one thing I want to emphasize with that particular point that uh, not all secular media is bad is it is okay for Christians to engage in secular media, media uh, as we'll see later on in the series. There are actually some really good um, themes, worldviews, and values that are communicated um, that are very much in line with the Bible that is found in secular media and, media. and so we need to engage in these forms of communication and arts uh, with a biblical worldview, with discernment as we look into those things. But I also want to emphasize, if your conscience bothers you with certain shows, movies, books, music, whatever it may be, do not sin against your conscience. Just because some Christians are okay uh, engaging in those things, and that's not sinful for them as long as they are discerning and as long as they are still uh, uh, observing biblical truths, principles, and teachings, um, don't feel like you have to engage in those things as well. If it's a stumbling block for you, if your conscience 
convicts you in regards to those things, then avoid those things and allow those other Christians to do what God leads them to do. And Christians who do engage in those things, don't look at those Christians who don't engage in those things, who have more strict guardrails in their life. Don't view them as weaker Christians or anything of that nature. We need to be uh, guided by the principle of love, first and foremost, to God, and then secondly, love towards one another. And so uh, let's make sure that we um, show those Christian characteristics in all that we do. And I'm sure we'll uh, hit on that theme over and over again throughout the series. But again, just want to emphasize that uh, with you. Also, the second principle that we saw last week is just like uh, not all secular media is bad, not all Christian media is good. And again, we, we, we listed several examples of this. There is bad preaching out there. There's bad uh, Christian music out there. there. There's bad Christian books out there. I mean, you could go through the whole litmus uh, of, of all the various um, forms of Christian entertainment, media, things of that nature. Uh, not all of it's good. Some of it has really bad theology. There are some false teaching and false religions out there that act as though and talk as though they're Christian, but they're really not. And if we're not very careful in um, engaging in some of those things, then we can be led astray or we can be missing out on uh, some things that are actually beneficial. So just be careful in all things we need to have discernment. Now, again, um, uh, we, we said last week by saying that some Christian media, um, music, movies, books, whatever, um, not all of it has um, uh, completely through and through uh, correct theology or whatever, doesn't mean that we need to just toss out all those things, all those books, all those movies, all those music wholesale. Because to be quite honest with you, there's not been a single Christian book that I've read uh, that I've agreed with 100% everything that's in those books. Uh, there's uh, very few Christian movies, music, whatever, um, that I may uh, agree with everything that's in there. That doesn't mean we need to get rid of all the things that, if I can't 100% agree with everything in it, then I need to toss it all out. That's not the case, because if that were the case, there's not very much that we would be able to engage in. But just um, we need to make sure that we have discernment. We we discard those things uh, that are not edifying, that are not biblically aligned, and then we hold on to things that are true. That is a very biblical, uh, a very biblical principle and teaching that we see all throughout the New Testament. That Paul says, when there are people prophesying uh, in the church and teaching in the church, uh, we weigh those things. We discard the things that do not line up with God's teaching, the things that are not edifying and building up of the body, but we hold on to things that are true. And so that goes especially in the case of Christian media. So not all secular media is bad. Not all Christian media is good. Discernment is needed for both. Now, that's where we left off. And so we're going to pick up uh, uh, from there, and we're hopefully going to uh, continue uh, through the rest of uh, this particular part of our study. And then uh, next week, I'm excited about what we're going to cover. So uh, starting off um, where we left off, uh, the next thing I want you to see is that consuming anything without discernment is dangerous. Again, consuming anything, good, bad, uh, whatever it is, consuming anything without discernment is dangerous. Again, we've given numerous examples of this, but uh, um, just uh, to drive home this point, uh, most people in Christian circles and in churches today would uh, obvi obviously say that uh, consuming any kind of entertainment, TV, uh, music, movies is dangerous without the sermon. I think most of us would agree with that. Um, 
one thing that's being talked about quite a bit in today's world is the news. Some people lean towards more liberal news. Some people lean towards more conservative news. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the importance of having discernment with news. Some people I've talked to just um, don't read or listen to the news at all. And so there's a whole lot of um, diverse opinions on this, but I think most people would agree that consuming any of those things without discernment is very dangerous. But I'm gonna just list a couple of uh, examples that are not so obvious, that maybe you don't necessarily always think about when you uh, consider um, having discernment, or when you consume certain things. Um, listening to preaching. now. Again, um, I, I am so thankful that I'm a part of a church where there is solid preaching and teaching, not just from the pulpit, but from the Sunday school classes uh, and all of its various forms. The, the teaching here at Highland Park is just phenomenal. It's um, biblically accurate and all of God's counsel is, is proclaimed. And so I'm so thankful for that. But let me also say, never, even when it pertains to my preaching and teaching, please do not listen to me even in, in the form of uh, podcasts and videos like this, do not listen to anything I say without discernment. Even the things that I teach and that I preach, I don't want you to just accept that as gospel truth. I want you to go back to God's word. I want you to pray over these things because I can uh, be mistaken about a great many things. I can be, uh, I can inadvertently, unintentionally lead people astray. And so I encourage everyone, whether it's me, whether it's Pastor Daryl, whether it's any other preacher, teacher, uh, big uh, big name preachers, uh, or even uh, close friends and family who preach and teach, and uh, grandma and grandpa who uh, instruct you in the Bible and around the dinner table. Everything that is taught, everything that is um, uh, proclaimed as Bible-based truth even that you need to have discernment with. There are some great, um, well-meaning people who can say things that aren't found in the Bible. A couple of examples that I've heard uh, growing up, I've heard um, that God helps those who help themselves. Now think about that for a minute. God helps those who help themselves. I've heard this from all manner of well-meaning Christians, but uh, that's not the case at all. In fact, what God helps those who can't help themselves. God helps those who are unable to help themselves. Uh, that's the gospel. That is grace. Uh, and, and that is, uh, but that is a teaching that is, is mentioned quite a bit in Christian circles. Um, uh, I've heard another one that cleanliness is next to godliness. I think about that for a second. That is uh, a very Old Testament term, you know, uh, our, our way of thinking. You know, you had to wash ceremonial cleansing, uh, sacrifices that you bring uh, had to be unblemished, but that creeps in even now today in, in certain Christian circles uh, that when you come to church, you need to uh, wear your Sunday best, you need to dress up, you need to do this, that, and the other, and that, uh, you know, this idea that cleanliness is next to godliness, that you need to present your best to God. But again, I would argue that uh, all of scripture tells us that what God's really concerned about is not what's going on on the outside, but what's going on in your heart. That cleanliness is not uh, next to godliness. That, um, that 
obedience, which we can never uh, do fully, is next to godliness. And that's why uh, our godliness is found not in our obedience, but in Christ's obedience. He obeyed the law. He lived the life that I couldn't live. He died the death that I deserve to die. And it's only through Christ that we have godliness and righteousness. And so these are examples of things that we often hear in Christian circles, but really have no biblical basing. And so that's why I say that we need to make sure that any kind of preaching, teaching, uh, instruction, uh, even Christians, uh, quote-unquote Christian teaching, uh, needs to be done with discernment. And I would uh, give you another example of a not-so-obvious way that this is true, is even in your own personal reading of Scripture. You cannot read Scripture without discernment. I've heard so many times people twisting Scripture out of context, uh, ripping verses away from what uh, God originally meant to his original audience that he wrote it to. We need to have discernment with what kind of uh, writing we're looking at. Is this a historical book? Is this a, a pastoral letter? Is this uh, a psalm, a proverb? What does this look like? I'll give you an example. I've heard many parents who, who um, uh, cite to me that um, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. That's biblical. That's in the book of Proverbs. And many, well meaning Christian um, parents take that as though, well, okay, as long as I take my child to church, as long as I uh, read the Bible to them, as long as I do all these Christian things, then when they're older, they won't leave the church, they won't abandon the faith, and, and uh, everything will be okay. But that's not what that verse is really teaching. First off, we have to remember in context, Proverbs are not promises. Proverbs are not guarantees. Proverbs are general sayings that are often true, but not always a guarantee from God. And so, for the most part, if you train up a child in godliness, by and large, that child will continue in the faith. But notice that that verse doesn't really say if you train them up in godliness. It just says the way you train them up, uh, that's the way uh, that they will continue on in life. Um, uh, and, and so, um, train a child up in the way he should go could be in a good way, or it could be in a not so good way. The way you impress upon a child, whether it be good or bad, will often embed in them the characteristics and the worldview that they will carry on with them for the rest of their life. It's not a promise, but it's genu genuinely true. I've seen Christian parents who end up having ungodly kids. I've seen ungodly parents who end up having Christian kids. And so by looking at the context of what are the rules around this type of uh, writing, will help us understand some of that. Uh, you look at verses in the Psalms uh, called the imprecatory Psalms, where they talk about, you know, um, praying to God about their enemies and saying, you know, God, you know, may you dash their children's heads upon the rocks. You know, is that instructing us to pray uh, harm, not only upon those who uh, wrong us, but also upon their children? Is that what that's teaching? Or do we need to step back and, and look at those Psalms and understand those Psalms with discernment and, and within the context of which they're writing? Uh, just recently, I preached on the book of Hosea about Hosea being called by God to marry a promiscuous woman who runs around on him, knowing in advance before he married her what this was going to be like. Does that mean that uh, um, those who are single are justified in marrying promiscuous women so that they can proclaim the gospel uh, with that relationship? No. Again, you have to look at all those things with discernment. And so even scripture reading has to have discernment within it. All right. Now, the next thing I want us to look at is that too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And so uh, 
when we're engaging in media, when we're trying to uh, figure out how we need to uh, reconcile this sort of stuff in a biblical way, we need to understand too much culture and too much isolation. They both can be bad things. Those Christians who engage all in uh, culture with all kinds of social media, all kinds of TV, movies, music, and it seems like they have no filters whatsoever, that can be a bad thing. But in the same token, those who completely isolate themselves from media, from social media, from news, from all those things, that can also be too much. That can be an extreme in the other direction. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Too much media can be bad, but also, again, this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, too much Bible church spirituality can be a bad thing as well. Uh, you can be a Christian who ends up uh, isolating so much from culture and so much from uh, the world around them that you go live in a monastery and all you do is read and pray, but you never actually engage in the Great Commission. You never engage in uh, bringing salt and light to the world around you. And so, just because uh, you're engaging in Christian things, too much of that can make you irrelevant uh, to the world around you. And so there needs to be balance in the Christian life. Uh, just recently, uh, I was in a Bible study where we are going through the book of Ecclesiastes, and we came across a verse that really uh, hit at this a little bit. Now, I'm going to read you this passage, but again, I understand, again, looking at things in context, I understand that we don't want to... Um, uh, derive all of our theology from the book of Ecclesiastes. It's kind of a, a depressing book. Uh, it's kind of a, a gut punch uh, to many people. Um, but just understand kind of what um, what the writer of Ecclesiastes is getting at here, because I think there's a lot of truth to it. He says in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 7, verse 16, it says, Don't be excessively righteous. Don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Some translations read, why would you ruin yourself? Now, pause it for a moment. Let that sink in. He's saying, don't be excessively or lean too far towards righteousness or being overly wise. Now, what in the world is that all about? I thought we should be righteous. I thought we should be uh, godly. I thought we should pursue the things of God and try to be wise. Why would he say that you can go too far uh, in that direction? Well, I think many of you have probably seen at times people who do, in fact, do that very thing. They, uh, they busy uh, themselves all throughout the week with going to every church event and serving in every various ministry that they can. And they're, um, all they do is they, they read their Bible and they pray and they just all they ever talk about is um, uh, Jesus and God stuff and, and all that sort of stuff. And again, it sounds it sounds really bad, especially coming from a pastor to, to say, well, that's excessive. But think about it. Um, I, I know that there are, are many uh, unbelievers who, if they come across a Christian and that Christian seems kind of holier than thou and uh, they, they only talk about Bible stuff and they only go to Christian events and, and they're just so immersed in their faith that it's kind of off-putting to an extent. Um, you know, even Jesus went to weddings and parties and things like that. Even Jesus used practical illustrations in the world to talk about godly things. Uh, oftentimes he was rubbing shoulders with tax collectors, sinners and prostitutes. And, and those sinners enjoyed being around Jesus. And I think a part of it was because he was approachable. He wasn't holier than thou, but there was something different and appealing to him. And so, again, hear me very clearly. I'm not saying that 
Um, you shouldn't read your Bible, shouldn't go to church, or shouldn't do any of those things. But I do think that there is a balance because notice what uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes says next. So he says, don't be excessively righteous. Don't be overly wise or you will destroy yourself. Then he goes on in verse 17, the very next verse, and he says, don't be excessively wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp one and not let the other slip out of your hand. So hold on to righteousness, hold on to uh, um, uh, foolishness and, and, um, and those things uh, for the one who fears God will end up with both of them. And so what is this saying? Is it saying that I can be a, a little bit righteous, a little bit godly, but also a little bit sinful? Is that is that what it's getting at? Again, like I said, you don't want to gather your theology from the book of Ecclesiastes, but I think there is something important here that he's talking about. That we need to be um, we need to be people who have a balance within life. That uh, you know there are some times where it is um, more important uh, for me to um, spend time with my family or go out and hang out with my friends uh, than go to yet another. Um, a church event or serve in another ministry. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but think about it. Um, so often I've seen Christians who they spend all their time at church, and because of that, they're never out in the community with unbelievers. And if we're never amongst the, the, the culture and with those who need to hear Jesus, when and how are they going to hear Jesus? Okay, some of them will never come to church, so we as the church need to go to them. And so, uh, we need to have this balance uh, within life. And that's something that we're constantly having to keep our finger on the pulse of and make sure that we are assessing, am I leaning too far towards uh, um, the things of this world or am I leaning too far uh, to being so involved in the Christian life that I am becoming more and more irrelevant and not rubbing shoulders uh, with those who need to hear the gospel. There, there's this balance that we need to make sure that we obtain. So moving on from that, I'm sure there are a lot of questions and and, and things that uh, we could hit on there. If, if you have questions or insights with that that um, that, that difficult, uh, murky topic there, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but last and certainly not least, I just want to leave you with, be careful of judging others based on your convictions. All right. So this means that there are some who are listening or watching who you have more conservative guardrails and guidelines for your life. Uh, you don't engage in a lot of the things uh, that the world um, puts out there as far as media and things like that. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, you go where God leads, guides, and directs. But here's the thing. Don't judge and, and don't condemn fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who engage more in uh, some of those media type things. Just because they don't have the same convictions, personal convictions that you do, as long as they are not going outside the clear teaching of God's word, then we need to allow them to have the license and, and freedom that Christ has given them. Just because you have stricter boundaries and guardrails in your life doesn't mean that you're more holy and that they're more carnal. It just means that y'all have different convictions, and that's okay. Now, on the other side of it, uh, those who are, have a little bit more freedom in Christ and those who engage in more things, be careful of judging those who are more conservative in their, in their um, lifestyle. Uh, that does not make you more mature than them just because you engage in more of the things that uh, the world puts out there. And it doesn't make that other more conservative group more weak. It just makes y'all different. And that's okay. So 
Um, you know, you you can have judgments, you can have opinions on things that people do, but unless they're breaking uh, clear teaching and principles in Scripture, we need to uh, uh, love one another and allow those kinds of wiggle room uh, within the Christian life. Now, I want to leave you with a verse of Scripture as we kind of think through a lot of these things, and it comes from Philippians 1, uh, verses 9 through 10. This is what Paul prays for the Christians that he was ministering to there in Philippi, and he says this, and it is my prayer that your love may abound and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for uh, for the day of Christ. Now that's my prayer for all of y'all as well and I hope that uh, you're praying for your uh, your church and the global church and all your brothers and sisters in Christ that first and foremost that your love would abound more and more that you would love God and love others more and more both believers and unbelievers love them more and more that it would just grow and grow and grow the more you know Christ and love him the more uh, you grow to love those around you and that that love not just be this soft um, uh, just love where you know just let everyone do whatever they want just love people where they are what they're doing you know let's not talk about sin let's not talk about all that sort of stuff that's not real love he says let your love abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment so that you may approve or discern so that you may be able to judge and say this is good this is not good so that you may be approved what is excellent and so be pure and blameless on the day of Christ. So this discernment, as you grow in your love for God and one another, and that, that love abounds in knowledge and discernment, you may be able to navigate all the twists and turns of life and all the, the, the traps that the enemy has out there so that you can remain pure in the day that Christ comes back. And so that's my prayer for each of y'all. That's my prayer for uh, this series as we go forward in the weeks ahead. And I'm really excited about what God is going to uh, teach us through this series. This is an important topic. I hope that you'll uh, share this uh, with your friends, family, co-workers, uh, so that we can all grow in this kind of love and discernment as well. Now, next week, we're going to dive deep into the topic of, of discernment as it relates to TV shows. And so we're going to look at how do we as Christians need to think through the worldviews and values that are taught in our TV shows. And I promise you, every single TV show is teaching values. It is teaching a worldview. And even if you're not aware of it, it is seeping into your mind and into your heart. And that can either be a very, very good thing or it can be a very bad thing. And so we need to approach this with wisdom and discernment. And so we're going to begin that series, uh, that part of the series uh, next week. And so I hope you'll join us uh, for that. I'm excited about it. I hope you will as well. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you then.